Hello, you're listening to Nif Manasi in Asia on Reasoning with Prejudice. In this podcast, we'll entertain you as we debate on topics that are sometimes meaningful, sometimes lighthearted, but always interesting. And you don't even have to give us a penny for our thoughts. So today's topic is what is a monster? So I looked up a lot of definitions of what a monster is. There were so many, but I saw adjectives like large, ugly, deformed, even imaginary. And basically, I realised that the definition of a monster is going to be so subjective. But also, I was watching Monsters University the other day, because, (laughs) you know, like, university-themed movies, right? And um, the headmistress says that the true measure of a monster is their scareability. So I guess one thing that all the adjectives that I said had in common is that a monster is supposed to be frightening. That's that's a very interesting theory because I think when we when we call a human being a monster, it's when they don't adhere to a certain code of ethics that we yeah. so strongly follow as communal species. But I don't quite agree with the whole term. I mean, I get the general gist of it, I guess, but everyone's both a monster and an angel, a hero and a villain. I don't necessarily believe in the existence of just a monster. Like, we're all villain in somewhat story. Well, a monster is used to, like, describe someone... Well, if it's used to describe someone's actions, then it doesn't mean that they're a monster. It just means that their actions at that point were... um, Monstrous. Yeah, yeah, monstrous. (laughs) Like, after after a certain limit of doing monstrous deeds, I don't think there's any way you can come back from that. Like, to me, monsters are not people who do bad things. They're people who do bad things for selfish reasons and enjoy the gratification from other people's pain. Like, that whole... I think in this part, in this episode, we should avoid talking about the extremes because if if someone's raping someone in my eyes that's a monster and like that's it i can't i'm unable to see them as anything other than that recently i read this poem by nikita gill which basically said um which goes like this it's only a few lines so i'll just read it out uh the truth is this every monster you've ever met or will ever meet was once a human being with a soul that was as soft as uh silk Someone stole that silk from their soul and turned them into this. So when you see a monster next, always remember this. Do not fear the thing before you. Fear the thing that created it instead. But wasn't that thing also created by someone else? Yeah, so you keep fearing. Yeah, but the thing is, that's like... That's excusing people of their actions. No, it's not... It's not justifying it. It's not excusing them. It's about... It's like saying um certain people have um are homo- homophobic or racist and these are all really bad things to be but we should fear the system which which made them into this okay yeah you can complain against homophobic people and as we should but i think you should fear the environment which let this happen Do you get, yeah okay you fix yeah that? but like imagine you're um, like you're in a situation where a person is being abusive to you because of your race or your sexuality and at that moment you're going to be scared of that person you're not going to be scared of what 
made them. Well, yes, because you're talking about how I would feel if I was in a panicky mode. But upon reflecting or upon trying to fix the whole problem about racism or any any discrimination for that matter, I would want to fix it at the root cause. Sure, sure. I agree with you, yeah. That makes sense. Like, I I completely agree with you. But the fact is that we've all been through that system. Maybe some people have been through it worse than us. But there's always that small, you know, percentage of people that just turn out as monsters. So I think along with solving the root problem, maybe we should also be asking why are these people reacting to the system in this way? Yeah, I agree. But you fixing the system would prevent the 10,000 others from being born or even hinder it in a way. It's harder to change the big thing than the little things. Like if you change loads of little um, loads of little things, then... It does add up, yes, yeah. And, like, um, people who have grown up in, like, racist or homophobic families because of, I don't know, um, their family's views... Um, there's always like people who move past that and they're able to um, form them. Yeah, own but Asia, you and I are different. So are you and the person who grew up different. The people react differently to different situations. Yeah, I know. But making a good situation for everybody, educating people, that's the answer. That's a very difficult thing to accomplish, yes, though. It is. I think, it's along not, with the not... fact that. It's, yeah, it's along with the fact that saying that society is the problem, we should also like not take away all the responsibility from the individuals themselves. No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying take all the responsibility off the individuals. I'm just saying it. the responsibility just doesn't mm-hmm. lie on the individual. Well, it's kind of a reflection of their moral compass or the ethics that they have because... So it- you believe that when a monster is born it's 100% their fault no No. it's just their fault well no it wouldn't be their fault but they always have the chance to change themselves like yes yes they do but you're talking about all of this from a very privileged position no there's so many problems and okay many of the thieves many of the um i don't know little criminals juvenile criminals they're caused from poor families from low-income families when they have to steal to survive and stuff like that those things we can definitely fix i don't think that those aren't monsters yeah, though it doesn't qualify as a monster okay. a monster is even someone... when monsters are built okay when you talk about serial killers or psychopaths extreme cases even like a lot of them have like a childhood trauma, which pushed them to that way. I'm just saying, maybe there are some exceptions which are just caused by who they are. I'm not talking about them, mm-hmm. but we can fix what we can. Yeah, I think it's very important to create awareness and just have a conversation. But apart from that, I don't think we can force people to be good human beings. Yeah. You know, like, I agree with you, though, like bullies, most of the bullies have been bullied themselves. It's a cycle. And yeah, we should stop that. But so Niv, are you saying that there is no such thing as a monster because I only believe there's no such thing as a monster because no one can be one hundred percent evil or one hundred percent pure angel. All of us real life is much more complicated than than that. I think the real life w- I think we yeah. all mesh saying, Oh, there's a scale. If you're ninety eight percent 
doing bad deeds, then you're a monster. But the 2% shouldn't go unnoticed. But also, being a monster is kind of like a, it's like a describing word. So you could describe someone as confident, but they're not always 100% confident. When someone goes to jail and they come back, (laughs) society should give them an opportunity to be a normal citizen. They shouldn't just treat them like a monster. That's all I'm saying. I think that society should definitely give people a second chance, but not just to anyone, because people should actually feel apologetic to what they have done. And also, Mm -hmm. just quickly, coming back to your um, 100% monster um, theory, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's how it works. Like, if one person, like, if a person does a really monstrous deed, like a really heinous crime or whatever it is, and then on the other hand, is like two percent of good deeds or whatever it doesn't cancel each other out to me there's like a limit and as soon as you cross it it's like you've done that in your life and it's just very hard to forgive yeah, yeah it's hard to okay. think that you would ever be a like yeah an ethical and person no i agree yeah, and- that the two percent of mm-hmm. good deeds doesn't it's not like a subtraction 98 minus 2 96 percent it's not like i'm not not meaning that that way i'm saying Mm -hmm. that sure 98 percent this person has been terrible acknowledge that maybe but also acknowledge the two percent sometimes we want to portray some people as being really bad it's very unfair that there are no monsters when some people Mm -hmm. have been dealt worse cards than me and yeah. probably have experienced someone like deeds of someone who can be considered a monster but mm-hmm. I'm again I'm not talking about the extreme situations Why where not, a person though? has killed and ate like 70 other people and does not repent not not people like that I think a monster that is like the definition though it's someone who yeah. is the extreme it's like so frightening that they've done something so heinous. Yeah, like Niv said, all of us have a monster and an angel in all of us. Mm. Applies to the non-monstrous population, I guess. Like yeah, people I, like us. I agree with that fully because but, I recently yeah. um, posted on my Instagram, I don't know if you guys remember, like a page of the book, The Hunting Party, which said, given the right amount of pressure, you can bring up the monster in anyone. Yeah. So, like, yeah, like, yeah. So, Rahul said this example of a mother being placed in a burning building, um, stepped over her own child to save herself from the heat. And there's the drowning situation, which I always come back to. So, for example, if Asia is the one who's drowning, and I say, uh, you can give up and you will live, and instead your sister will take your place, she will not agree. But at the point when she's so suffering so much, like the peak of suffering, when she reaches the threshold, then she would agree for her sister to take her place. Like we all like to believe that it won't happen, but I think yeah. the human survival instinct takes over. This is a yeah. um, quote from Money Heist. What's more human than the fight for survival? Mm-hmm. And it's not even in like survival cases like um we learned about this psychological study that this um researcher called zimbardo did i think it was zimbardo i don't remember but basically what he did was that he put these 
like people in this situation where he pressured them to give electric shot shocks to what they thought were people but they actually yeah. were just dummies mm-hmm. and people like went exceeded the limit of like the deathly vaults and it's all recorded and they did it and and in the end they said i did it because he asked me to so whatever i did mm. was on that guy yeah it's because they couldn't see the people who are suffering or something right and they got money in return yeah. every time they shocked yeah also just going back to the quote you said Niv, about what's more human than the fight for survival i don't like that quote because it's mm-hmm. like it's not really human it's, it's more like animal and mm. hu- like he- uh, when I think about humans I don't think about them like um, I don't know natural selection and things like that I just think about how they they can actually be more than that they're like compassionate that's all of our hope I guess but once you break down a human being to their bare essentials yeah, remove but the Korean, no. remove the race, remove everything from them. I think we are all animals. Yeah, but if you remove day. everything, then you're not human anymore. That no, you're still you're still no. okay. Humans were still humans before industrial development. Yeah, sure, but like we that's just not developed in this way. We made up these rules of our society to live in harmony. We we could live without these. We can be isolated. We, we would still be technically human. But I get what you're saying. It's not a nice world to live in. Even with your logic, Asia, it still makes sense. Because if you look at us right now, I wouldn't say we're at the top of the food chain, but we're at the top of this world because of that compassion, because of our intelligence, whatever it is, all of it is like fueled towards the drive to survive yeah. and on a great quality of life. Yeah, we know... Uh, cutting trees is harmful we know pollution is harmful we know we shouldn't technically eat animals but we do it anyway because we want to survive to the best of our ability right now more than compassion i would say being human means that being selfish that's not the fight for survival though that's like living it's not no it's it's surviving to the best of your ability we keep we keep doing that fight Anything we do, it's 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 not the best way to think about it. It's not flowery and rainbows, but it is a fact of life. There's another side of being human who sacrifice themselves, and all the good people who give up their lives for bigger causes, and the love you have for your friends, your family, all that's human too. But you can't ignore this side of human. Also, all that love is also sacrificial. Like, all those people who died for other people, in the long run, they were dying so that the human race could continue to evolve and grow. It all links back to survival. Yeah, even if you choose to die for your family members, which I would do too, it would be because I don't want to live with the pain of them dying and me living. So again, it's selfish. Okay, Mm. Uh, moving on. What is a monster to you? Um... Assuming there is someone who's hundred percent evil, do not let's not talk about the obvious and extremes like murderers, terrorists, and all that because, you know, we know we accepted that they are monsters. Not so much like someone who does bad things, but someone who does bad things, and then feels no remorse about it. So a psychopath. <laughs> 
Well, no, Marcy, again, you're talking about extreme, but no. No, example, I'm just giving um, So, no, I'm just, I'm just saying, if I uh, screwed over somebody to get a job, and then I don't feel remorse about it, and I think if I was given an option, I would do the same thing, then Aisha says, probably a monster. Yep. So, okay, so what I think is, someone who hits on the helpless, like, it's not courage battling someone who can't get up after the first blow. Well, yeah, it's not courage, but... It's like when people, I don't know, uh, argue or fight or anything. It, it can be physical or, like, verbal. Mm-hmm. When someone's down, when you know um, you're affecting them, when you know you're, like, you're winning or whatever and they can't get back up, like, carry on, like, screaming at them or insulting them or using more words, it's, it's just not courage. You're doing that because you want to win. But it's not really winning because you're hitting someone who's down. If I'm in a fight with someone and it's really heated, then how I see the other person, my perception of what the other person is feeling is distorted. So even if they were upset, even if they were completely like shattered, I sometimes don't realize that because I have my own. That's no excuse. You can't say, oh, when I'm so... Anyone can use her excuse. You can, I can say, when I'm so heated with passion, I don't realize the other person is a human being. It, it's, it's like saying like that. Before no, but you battle. just said, you just said that beating down a person while they're already down or something like that, but if you don't know the other person is down and you're just like arguing with them like you It's your responsibility to know. You're, you're the yeah, one who's Sometimes you don't know. Why would you attack when they're not even like attacking you? The thing to me is that a monster is not only someone who does bad things, but like they're aware that what they're doing is wrong and is reaching a limit or past the limit. Yeah, but again, you can't really excuse that because it is also your responsibility to. How is it your responsibility when, when all arguing, of your like hormones you are completely shot at the roof? When you're arguing, you can be so full of passion. That's not a problem. But when you like turn a blind eye to what the other person's feeling, then yes, that's that's a big problem. It's not about a blind eye, though, Niv. It's, it's a blind eye if you're in a normal state mentally yourself. So if you're, but so if you're mad, also... then calm yourself down. Walk away from the fight. You don't have to keep throwing accusations or, like, arguments. Do you understand what I'm saying, no, though? No, I do. Not saying... You're saying you're not aware of what the other person's feeling, but if they're silent, you know what they're feeling. Especially when you're in an argument with your friend or family or spouse and they start attacking you, you just think, remember who the enemy is. It's not me. You love me. Like, you're not supposed to attack me. Like, when my parents fight, like, I just keep telling, like, remember who the enemy is. It's not, you're not each other's enemy. (laughs) No, like, I get the whole whole point about it's the heat Mm -hmm. of the moment. It comes at the point when you can't control yourself. It happens to me as well. But I guess... I don't know, it's, yeah. it's just, when it happens See, to me, I'm yeah. like, hurt. Mm-hmm. I know I would forgive you and come back to you, but yeah. the hurt doesn't disappear, does it? Yeah, like, I completely agree with you. Like, I get it. I, I tell myself this because it's usually me arguing with people. I always remind myself, remember who the enemy is. It's just calm yourself down. Just It's, it's harder than yeah. it sounds because I usually get really passionate, but... <laughs> I try. Yeah. Yeah. 
the thing is in fights like you feeling things that are so extreme that you don't want to be feeling mm. you're just really invested in making yourself feel okay yeah. so even if like even if you should be completely you know considered not to just like belittle the other person mm. in the moment of the fight it's also not your job to be openly empathetic towards them when you're trying to be empathetic to your towards yourself and calm yourself down like i think it's completely um, fine to yeah, take space because sometimes when i argue it's because i don't want to feel helpless so it's kind of like my defense yeah. coming up if i'm like start arguing and i don't really listen to you it's because like i don't want to feel helpless it's it's this mm-hmm. defense which kind of like kills the other person i guess i guess it's like who has better control of these monsters okay let's let's just be uh, a bit light for a moment What are your mm-hmm. favorite literary or fictional monsters? Okay, one of my most favorite monsters. This can be seen as a monster, but I'm completely in love with the monster. Mhm. It's the Hill House. Like that is the monster <laughs> in that series. The Hill House is the actual monster. Okay, so the Hill House, uh, basically there's this series called Haunting of the Hill House. Spoiler alert, I may give some further on but it's basically about how this family called the crane haunted by the hounds that the house haunts them even when they grow up and all of their internal fear and mm-hmm. anger and all of that negativity goes back to the house so it's like there's this metaphor which says that the house is like a stomach or something that's feeding off the cranes and it's just the need of the house like the house needs people inside of it to survive like it feels lonely but at the same time it's so raw and selfish about it it's just it's a beautifully written series like i recommend it to anyone who loves go good with shows dorian cray <laughs> actually oh my god yeah okay so <laughs> actually you know what they tied <laughs> they're tied uh yeah dorian gray is a classic by who manisha Oscar, Oscar Wilde. Okay. So we all hate Umbridge, right? But she makes the story interesting. Like I think villains oh. in movies and books, they're so underrated. Mm, yeah, I agree. Like um since watching Once Upon a Time's TV show about um fairy tales and like um classical villains and heroes. Yeah. Yeah, I've believed in that like so much more because it's like it shows the backstory of the villains and like how yeah. they try to be good and it's you just love them. Definitely. And one thing that sets each of them back is the is when people like classify them as an evil character or a monster. Mm. And that just like kicks them down like back yeah. into their evil ways. Umbridge is just unnecessary though no. like Why is she there? There's something to the story which makes it interesting. Yeah. It's like I like Voldemort, like yay Voldemort, but Umbridge is just like what is she even being evil for okay. is my question. Right now we're talking about her, right? That's success enough for J.K. Rowling. You bought her. Yeah, up, I mean, we're still conversing fine. about her. It's a character who's gained her attention so deeply and we're still talking about her. And to answer your question, Manasi, she wants power. On what? She literally has it's pathetic what she does. 
Voldemort at least achieved something in his life with all of his evilness. So you want all the like if you're going to to be good villains. No, but like if yeah, base a good villain is basically a villain who gets something out of being evil. Like, are you gonna hurt people and like? Do you get what no, I mean? Villains can be what they want to gain out of it is people's fear and admiration and respect. Like even if it's a bad in a bad way they still have a reputation where people won't cross them or you know mm. things like that yeah i'm just saying voldemort was more successful i like megamind so megamind <laughs> is a movie uh for those of you who don't know and so it's about a cartoon animated villain and he stops being a villain and we see his journey of why he's a villain and i think it's a good representation of human beings in a way no one has to remain a villain for a long time i know like that was a kids movie but he never did anything that was really monstrous like sure he kidnapped someone a few times but he didn't like do anything he tried to terrible. destroy the city a couple of times but well that's basically terrorists in action <laughs> okay fine <laughs> I love. Um, I haven't watched it. Has have you got? Well, I know Niff has, but Manasi, have you watched Insatiable? Is that when she controls everyone? No. Okay. Basically, What's it about? It's this. T- yeah. It's this Netflix show, and um, she's like just this normal teenage girl, but um, she ends up like murdering people. <laughs> Is it the glow up one? Yeah. And I don't uh, understand it. Like, it's just so messed up. And they kind no, no. of normalise it to some no, extent. It's, mess- it's messed up what she does. But the people that she does kill, they're like... It's like she doesn't have a choice. Like, the the show presents it that she's, like, doing it... I don't know, you kind of... You really relate to her, even though she's doing monstrous acts. Um, yeah, you, like, think that it's okay because of the situations that she's put in. I mean, I would give you that, that mm. the show is entertaining to watch because of her, but I don't like her. I, I don't <laughs> get it. Like, I just don't get the point of the show. I really like her. I mean, mm. okay, I don't like her that much, but she, she's alright. You know what that reminds me of? Mm. There's this um, show on Netflix called Good Girls. And it's, like, basically a bunch of moms, like, murdering people and whatever, like, stealing, you know, like, robbing supermarkets and doing all this horrible stuff. But it's because, like, they're moms and they have families to protect or look after. The audience is, like, manipulated into believing that they're good people mm. when in reality they've done some very horrible stuff. Oh, like, um, Monsters, Inc., right? That I love the monsters in that movie because even though they have the ability to scare people and that's the measure of a monster in the movie they're like such nice people and well not people they're such kind beings and they like help um the child and they like are caring to their mm. friends so yeah, yeah that's a good example I think that movie was made so kids stop being afraid of monsters <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know the villain from um, Gone Girl? Amy. Oh, you love her, yeah, don't I love you? Her. I mean, obviously, <laughs> the thing she does is so, it's horrible. so disgusting. Bad. But I love her mind, the way it works. 
it's impressive, but I don't want to be stuck in that mind. Yeah, no, definitely not. It's just good to read about. <laughs> yeah, like I love her mind in the sense that I'd love to like dissect her mind, not her brain, but I'd love to just like explore what goes on in mm. there. Like, how do it's you an think? Interesting character. It's a very, very interesting like, character, the, the, and especially yeah. the ending. Exactly. The like, story and the character itself is so well built by the author. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it's pretty good. The movie is pretty crap compared to the book. It's good. It's bad. It, it's not great. It, it's not. It's nowhere close to the book. I think I gave that book to Asia. Did I give that book to you, Asia? Uh, it's in quarantine. I haven't opened it yet, so I don't know. <laughs> okay, you get to read it soon then. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting when you read a book from the villain's perspective. Usually you don't get types of books like that. But it's usually the hero's journey of adventure, you know. Mm. Yeah. It's refreshing in a way. It's it's not... Um, I don't like works which are glorifying violence or saying it's okay. I just like to see uh, different types of people and their perspective. Yeah. I really like the book um, Undone. Oh, which yes. is like yeah. but um, it's not really a villain well of. she is kind of a villain because basically she assumes that these three people are uh, responsible for her friend's suicide then she takes it upon herself to practically like ruin their lives when mm. she doesn't well one she doesn't have enough evidence to actually make that assumption and two like it's a bit I don't know psychopathic is that the word mm. yeah yeah but like sh- spoiler alert she dies in the end so you end up feeling bad for her uh, i don't feel bad for her because that's what she i don't know i've no but like you know the end when like i i don't i don't know if i this is correct but she says something like i don't yeah, yeah die. she does i feel bad like because uh she could have actually had a nice life but um my point was it's just interesting to see like her thought process because mm. I didn't agree with her at all and it was yeah sadness, mm. just different perspectives that yeah. being said I also like books which doesn't have one main villain for example um the kite runner a thousand splendid sons these are books by Kat Khalid Hosseini I want to say and he portrays system failure and multiple villains who kind of um, are present in the life of a couple of people or a single person and how their lives all come mm-hmm. together in the end. It's beautiful because it's set in a um, war-filled Afghanistan and it's interesting. Yeah. Even books like um, A Walk to Remember, there's no one particular villain or there's no villain for that matter. You still read the book. The Kite yeah. Runner is brilliant. Like, I recommend it to anyone. I think everyone. if you like Kite Runner, you should definitely read A Thousand Splendid Sons. That's much better. Yeah, I've heard that one's, like, way better. Yeah, it is way better. When when you read books where there isn't one villain, you, you're kind of experiencing what real life is like. Because in your life, there isn't one villain. There's so many villains who make the story, kind of. Interesting, like worth reading for the good parts. Yeah, uh, I'll I'll say this story kind of thing, and at each stage I'll pause, and we'll kind of have a discussion of who the villain is. Okay. 
Okay, so this is a very famous story, not in the detective department. So a person died of shotgun wound. So who's the villain here? The person who killed the person. Okay, cool. And the shotgun. The person Sorry. who died jumped from a building to die. He left a note, suicide note. The building. No, I'm just kidding. Um. Oh God. <laughs> um. The reason why he jumped. The people that weren't there for him. Okay, so not the shooter then. Wait, he got shot before or after he jumped? When he was falling. What? Who's <laughs> the villain? That's just unrealistic. No, it really did the... happen. This is an actual story. The person with the gun. Okay. But usually people say when um, a person uh, tries to commit suicide, and even if they die due to different circumstances uh, than the one they intended, they still committed suicide. But okay, let's let's assume that it's the person who fired the shotgun. And so basically... Wait, 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 wait. Why does there have to be one monster? Why can't there be multiple ones? The main one. What? Let's say you're a judge and you have to penalise one person. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but real life isn't like that. There okay, this is the game monsters. you're playing. Asia, stop arguing. It's a fun game. Okay, fine. Go on. Um, okay, so neither the shooter nor the victim knew that there was a safety net below the eighth floor. So who's the killer here? Who's Who Who do you blame? Still the one with the shooter. The, like, sorry, the, the shooter, yeah. So it's the shooter. No, the, still the people who... Who caused the guy to commit suicide because okay. he never would have jumped into the aim of the shot. Yeah. But, like, he, I thought he jumped because the guy is, like, holding no, him at gunpoint. No. So, basically what happened is, um, this person died of shotgun and he jumped from the building to die. And when he was, like, flying down past the ninth floor, he got shot. By who? Like, Someone where was the, the other person? Building. I thought he was... From the window or whatever. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought it was, like, he was yeah. right behind him. Who do you blame? Well, uh, blame or villain? Like, what's the question? Yes. Blame, villain, same thing. Like, who do you penalize? If this was a story, the villain is the guy with the... Sh- like, who's shooting. Okay, that's what I'm asking. Let's move on. But penalize, penalize for the suicide, then no, that's it's not the guy who's shooting. Okay, yes. Uh, all right, fine. So now we're going to the window. So it's a man and wife arguing, and he shot. Um, and so basically, a law says if a person aims for A, but then kills B, it's still murder. Right? Yeah. So who do we blame now? How, why? Because I mean... You still try to Isn't that an somebody. accident? You can't blame that someone else died. You can't tell, oh, I tried to kill Manasi, but Asia died. <laughs> no, but like, for example, if this was another scenario, and if, if like someone was fighting for their life, okay, if there no, were two people fighting yeah, for their life, and one person shot the attacker, if one person shot the attacker and accidentally like killed their friend, I mean, yeah, it's murder, but... Okay, it's... I'm talking about... No attacker, no self-defense. We're just talking about the facts I lay before you. And if I didn't add a situation, don't assume it. No, I'm just arguing against that law. But yeah, go on. Okay, so that law is only there if you're like intending to kill a person without 
you need to defend yourself. Okay, that makes sense. So it's still the people who, um, well, actually, it depends what you're, you're, um, you want to commit someone for, um, murdering the guy, right? Who died. Yeah, so it's the people who, it's still the people who forced him to commit suicide. Yes, but he wouldn't have How died do you know someone forced because him? Because there was a safety net in the eighth floor. So he actually died because of the gunshot, gunshot wound, which was fired by a person. But why was that person firing the okay, gunshot wound? So that's the next point. Uh, so mm-hmm. upon investigation, both the man and the wife said they didn't know that the gun was loaded. And usually when they have arguments, uh, this guy usually threatens her with a gun and... Um, he got so mad he he took a shot, but he knew it was not loaded, but it was. Well, yeah, it's the guy's fault. No, it's not the guy's fault. Like irresponsibility. It's He's an accident. Like... He was just... Yeah, but it's irresponsible. You're playing around with a gun. It's not a toy. Yeah, but it's buy a accident. toy gun and then. Yeah, but it's like once you get a gun in the house, you have to be responsible for using yes, it. Yes, but if it's, it's not, not loaded, a... it's not going to do any harm. That's what. Yeah, but it was loaded. Yeah, but he didn't know that. Well, that's his fault. Who loaded it? Accident, oh, yeah, who loaded it? Not a murder. Who loaded it? Okay. Now, let's see. Just play the game. No, but... Okay. It's, yeah, it's Next his one. fault. Yeah, but sure. So, who loaded it? That's a good question. It was a couple's son loaded it because he wanted his mom dead and he knew his dad usually threatened her with a gun. Oh my god, what is this twisted story? It's the dad. What? Whose fault is this? Dad. Not the son, who in- who did this whole ploy to kill his mother. The son, and impre- how old is the son? Sorry, I forgot to ask. Does it- okay, fine, 25. Why does that matter? Like, yeah. the son it is a monster. It matters so much. The- no, the son intentionally wanted his mother to die and he wait i thought he wanted his murder. father to die no he wanted the mother okay. to die he... imagine when when you said son in my mind i thought like a four-year-old or a five-year-old at that age people are so impressionable okay, and growing I'm up 25. in a toxic environment the age huh? 25 he's a grown man yeah well, that changes things completely okay how does it change <laughs> what do you mean how does it change who do you blame <laughs> I'm thinking the the 25 year old yeah. stupid so son basically, um... <laughs> the 25 year old is the son I know yeah the 25 year old son oh, I blame him um, okay yeah so the detective actually named him the killer at this point and it was later revealed that the person who jumped is the son. Oh, no. So who's the... Wait, what? Now? The son. Wait, no, wait. Yeah, the son. No, so wait, no, wait. The son has committed murder for himself. Um, I still think the son is the villain in the story because he wanted his mom to die when she was like... So he felt guilty about that and he jumped. But she didn't and die. The way he was oh. going down, he was supposed to live because there was the net safety net at the eighth floor. He didn't, and he got shot by the same bullet he planted. So he murdered himself, which means it's a suicide. I think it's the son. Yeah, yeah we, all, we all agree it was the son. But yeah. over this course of the story, reading it was 
kind of eye-opening in the sense that real life is so messy. Sometimes, or like all the time for that matter, there isn't one villain. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think all three of them are villains to some extent. Yeah, I guess you could say that. But at each stage, your mind kind of changes about like who the killer is, who's responsible. Yep, that's the end of the story. Bear in mind, if this was like a five-year-old or a four-year-old, my answer wouldn't be the same, just like saying. So it depends on the age. It doesn't depend on the age. It's like how... Well, yeah, it does. I, so I don't what know if you agree with this. Four years old? If a four-year-old wants to kill his own mother and he wants to commit suicide, it just... It makes you question the entire environment he's growing up with, whether that's school no, or whether that's home. Why, why is that limited to his age? Like, when someone wants to commit suicide, it's always because of their environment. Yeah, but as you grow older... It could also you... be because of your mental illness, like depression, anxiety. Yeah. I agree with that. But there's a reason why adults are allowed to do certain things that children aren't. Because we're supposed to be more responsible. We're supposed to learn from our mistakes. Our brain literally develops as we grow older, which means our mind does as well. So the conscience is made up of the morality, instinct, and a balance between two. And when you're literally like a year old, why you're crying all the time? Because you have no morality. You want food how even if it's like inconvenient to your parents who don't have money you don't care you need food to survive like you need survival but but as you grow the morality instinct takes over and you begin to balance both as so yeah age is like a huge factor here so my question is are human beings the worst monsters to ever exist on this planet are we the actual villains of this planet (laughs) yes definitely i mean what else would it be i mean yeah who else would it be it's kind of scary isn't it like we all the things that we condemn other people of doing like exploitation we exploit our fellow species we steal their milk eat them act like this earth is ours to use and then throw away it's it's horrifying when you look at it that way. Like it's it making me have a, like existent existential crisis or something. There are changes happening. What we have recognized our mistake, and that's the first step. Change. It's never easy. It's not going to happen in the next decade, but it's progress. Probably in the next two hundred, three hundred years, it would be much better than it is right now. Yeah. Well, I'm not doing anything to contribute to that change, so it's. Yeah. You think you're not, but even by talking about it right now in this episode, even if one person is listening to this, it's making a change. Not as big as you would want to, but it is. Mm-hmm. We agree that we are the biggest monsters because we kind of feel guilty about the things we do, but there could be bigger mm-hmm. monsters. We don't know. We really yeah, don't. that's what I was gonna ask. Like. If there could be any other bigger monster than humans, who would it be? Maybe bacterias. No one counts them because they're so small, but certain species of bacteria, they could wipe out so many populations of species. Mm. Yeah. I was going to say like a completely controversial answer, but... 
<laughs> what is it? I was going to say God, but that would offend a lot of people, so better not. Yeah, better not. It, it's your opinion. Um, again, It makes no sense can, to me, like, though, like... Yeah, yeah. Like believing in God or not believing in God, it's your personal opinion. No one can come at you for that. No, it's not about, like, believing or non-believing. I'm saying that if there was a God who existed, who created this planet, even if he created all love in it, he created... The suffering that people have to go through and will go through well, in the future. To be fair, he didn't create the suffering. He provided free will for humans because he trusted. And it's our own choice that we make. We have to hold some responsibility. I thought you believed in predestination or something. Yeah, like everything's both planned. Things possible. Free will and predestination is possible at the same time. And also, yeah. you can't have happiness without suffering. Yeah. Who decided that? No, everyone. It's a fact. The light would be so boring. Yeah, but who? If, who made that rule? For it. God made that rule, right? No. It's 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 a fact of life. Your life would be so boring that. Yeah, but that's what we know. Okay, you know what? It's fine. No, no, I get what you mean, but it's like <laughs> you're saying it doesn't have to be like that. And it's yeah, and that thread you can pull apart the whole entire universe and yeah. we don't really know who this god is maybe it's just our energies and our wishes reciprocated mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and there's probably dimensions it's like mm. yeah like i agree with you that you know it's going to be boring but that's what we think because we don't know anything other than this life that we're living and we're conditioned to live yeah and we have it fairly easy than so many people out there. Yeah. I guess it also depends on what kind of God you believe in, as Niv said. There's this quote which I read. I don't know how true it is, but I kind of like to believe it from my circumstances that God never gives us something we can't handle. So everything you need mm. for this journey, you already have. You're equipped with it. Yeah. And there's this like... Don't know there's hope god the belief in god gives hope that there's a master plan that your suffering would end and it's all for the good it's all for the best uh in in a way no matter like that's kind of giving hope to get through this um there's a bible quote which says uh so this guy asks god why are you taking me through through troubled waters and god says it's because your enemies can't swim yeah, yeah I, I don't that. agree with like the master plan thing like that's just <laughs> a bit dodgy <laughs> not gonna it's lie it's dodgy it's nice to think because even though like we've been through so like many i mean compared to other people probably not like but we've been through a lot and we're still here and we're still able to be happy right now so yeah but i don't like some ones telling me that you know like i'm making you go through all this pain just because you know there's something like better waiting for you it's just like just let me live my life like why are you giving me suffering it's, and then giving me happiness supposed happiness a, later it's a coping mechanism like it's yeah. it's a reason for your suffering yeah it's a nice one just just because you don't understand the reason doesn't make the reason any less real uh so but it does i though. got rejected from oxford university and there was a point in time when i thought 
that was everything. But right now, maybe bigger things are waiting for me. Maybe if I did get into Oxford, that would have been my biggest achievement. And right now, I have this motivation to do like bigger things than Oxford. Like things happen for a reason. I agree with that. But like, you understand the reason here. No, probably I don't. This is like one thing that I came up with. There's there's probably a million different reasons. Maybe I'll meet someone really special in Keele University. Yeah. You never know. So the thing is, there's always a plan and you're on the best path for you right now. I know this sucks for people who have gone through major traumas. Yeah. But it's a coping me- mechanism. That's how I cope. <laughs> That's nice. I don't cope, so it must be nice to cope. <laughs> I think you do cope. You just yeah. do it in different ways. Yeah. Yeah, I think the real villains are microorganisms because we can't see them, we can't fight against them, and they spread so, so quickly. Mm. I don't know. It's like, they don't have a conscience, though. Like, that's, they don't that's... feel anything. Again, you don't know that. Yeah, but it it's like, I don't understand that they feel anything. Too, so to me, they don't feel anything. It's like, can pigs fly question. If I'm not seeing a pig fly right this moment, they're not flying. So you don't see atoms, so to you, they don't exist. No, not that way. But I don't think about them constantly. Like, uh, right now, no as I'm sitting... told you that bacteria can have conscience because no one told you pigs can... Yeah, if someone came up to me and they were like, oh yeah, you know, uh, we made this machine where we plug in bacterias and, you know, they're able to talk to us and they're like horrible monsters, then I'll be like, yeah, sure, they're monsters now. Manasi, there's a machine which allows bacteria to talk to us and they're actually monsters. Give me proof. What? You You didn't say that in the first situation. It's implied. I'm not going to believe anything you tell me. You'll be like, oh, yeah, Manasi, I turned into, like, I don't know, a cat the other day. Meow. I'm not going to be like, oh, hello, Nib. But you just sing soft kitty a lot to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That song's just, like, associated with Nib. What? Yeah. I, I draw, like, a little illustration every single time I give her a gift. She she really does. And she, like, tells that before I say goodnight to her. How is it associated <laughs> with Niv, though? Because it's, like, the time I heard the song Soft Kitty, I, like, I got to know that Niv's name was, like, Nivy, Like, how people call her, like, lovingly. <laughs> so I made her, like, the song, like, Soft Nivy, Warm Nivy, that thing. <laughs> yeah. So, basically. Um, okay, so... I think the a monster is a person who causes a lot of suffering, right? And enjoys it. Well, causes a lot of suffering. And enjoys it. Yeah. Or doesn't so in that case, I guess we remain the biggest monsters. Congratulations, y'all. Yeah, congratulations to the human race. You just exceeded the monster parameter. We're selfish bastards. Well, in my defense, <laughs> you suck us are worse than me because I'm a vegetarian. Oh no, because you yeah, but there's worse things than us. Yeah. Yeah, but have I? 
Well, I'm sure I could think I mean, of some things. Like what? I waste less food than you do, like, at least from what I've seen, so. Um, oh, yeah, that's a good one. So, wasting food. That's a different thing. No, but it's the same, because I'm not wasting resources. Yes, but even if I'm eating the resources, whether it's going in the bin or in my mouth, what difference does it make? It's still gone. No, but it's it's fueling you. Like, it has a purpose. Yes, didn't... What do you mean? No, like, no, okay, I'm... but the fact that you're buying the food and then not eating it, someone else could have... You're, like, limiting the resources. Okay, so of... they bought... The school buys enough food for, like, a certain group of people, right? If I didn't buy it... I'm sure no one else would have asked. No, well, no. Because but still how do you know? Everyone wastes food. They buy food based on the demand. If everyone yeah. only bought what they were eating, they would buy less. Then maybe food yeah. prices would go down, and more people would afford to eat because there's less. I mean, there's more food yeah. available. Plus, how do you know that they just throw the food away? You know, like lots of restaurants these days, all the leftover food, they're giving it to homeless people or like a shelter or some sort of organization where it goes to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like every time I don't waste like a ton of food, I try to like ask them to give me less food. It's when yeah, they don't but give it, me less it, food. Yeah, but the point is we all do bad stuff. You can't like judge whether you're work. Yeah. Worse no, I just based yeah. on one thing. I just bought it up because you said I'm a worse monster than you, so I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm talking about like in this instance. I'm not talking about like every single situation. There's no like a thermometer which is like next to you which measures how good you are. But to me, I think veganism or like vegetarianism is a more sustainable way. You know, when you eat beef, I'm not like trying to put you off meat. It's it's all your personal choice, but when you eat meat, you are kind of though that the cow eats, you can feed like a lot of population with that. I think it's better to be a vegetarian when there's so many problems in the world. This is something I can improve on with not much sacrifice. Fair enough. Well, you're choosing to improve on some things while we're improving to choose on other things. To establish, we are the greatest monsters to our knowledge. <sighs> sure, let's end it with that. Thanks for listening. You can follow us at Racing with Prejudice on Instagram. You can also listen to us via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Red Circle, and Radio Public. Tune in to our next episode, which is on arranged marriages. There are many misconceptions about arranged marriages, and we hope to clarify them and also talk about the history and a little bit about what our opinions are based on the topic. You have been listening to Reasoning with Prejudice with Manasi and Niv and Asia. <laughs> oh, and that's a wrap. Okay. <laughs>